You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Luck After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424. 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Luck After Show. Hey guys, what's happening? Season finale of ah! Luck right here. And we have some big races. Yes, some we did. Tension with mobsters. Some deaths. Seriously? I don't know. Is that sad noise for some tension and good times? I felt like I almost had a heart attack on this episode. The music was so Just intense. Just like Marcus? Yes. Marcus was like needed the oxygen. I was like, we need to stop Marcus this. Marcus is doing some heavy breathing. But before we begin, I am Dave Klein and joining me as always the ever so lovely oh. Kristen Snyder. Thank you very much. And in, introduction. Of course. The proper introduction. And in the booth, Phil Svitek and Ronnie Jr. together. We get both of them for the finale. What's up? What's up? We get a double. Damn right. Damn right. So I'm excited to talk about this episode. But first, Bing is for doing, and we're doing Luck, the after show season finale. Now, Kristen, should we start with, I mean, there's so much going on. So let's start with the beginning, the very beginning, and Chester and Gus, a body was found. Marina Del Rey. In Marina Del Rey, for those who aren't familiar with Los Angeles, that is just south of Santa Monica. Some limbs washed up, and, you know, Gus and Ace feeling responsible for Nathan Israel. Of course, they feel like they need to go to the morgue and identify and see if it is for sure Nathan Israel, which I kind of was thinking, you know, they were hoping that it wasn't by chance, but I felt like it was kind of their son. So they had to go see and make sure. Because they didn't even know for sure in their mind. They were thinking that he had to be dead, but it's kind of like that last little bit of confirmation that they needed to make sure. They had some hope, and it was wiped away when they saw a head separated from a body. A little gruesome there. As yeah. Chris and I looked at each other, and we were like, we wouldn't have even recognized that head. I needed a close-up. Because it was up. so washed Come on, up. HBO. Give me a close-up. <laughs> I know so they can do better there. than that. Kristen loves the blood and the violence <laughs> and the dead bodies. No, I just think it causes a positive reaction. You just reaction. love the blood and dead bodies, I know. Okay. Anyway, so, I mean, it really affected Ace as we see that he asked us to pull to the side of the road to make a call. Yeah, he had to pull aside and call Claire. Eight, I think. Also Why do you think he called Claire? Well, first to see if she was okay and alive, I think, because mm-hmm. he made sure she, apparently he told her to get far away. Right. And he's I like, where are you? I never saw him do that. I, he never That's did that. That's once again a little more. We need a little more show than tell. Yeah. HBO. So this is this is you find out after the fact that he told her to get away. So mm-hmm. apparently he told her to get far away, and she's hanging out at some stables with some horses. 
Yes, but why do you think it was Claire that he called? To make sure that she was okay, and then why else? Because he needs his lady love. I just feel like there's nothing better than the comfort of a woman's voice. For so men, true. anyway. So, so true. And Gus gives him a moment alone to do that. But that was kind of... I like that interaction, though. I guess it's a very mob-esque interaction where... Mm. He has, as soon as he gets on the phone, Gus stands outside the car and just waits and watches for anything so he can have that private moment in the car. Speaking of mafia, I mean, Gus was really a badass this episode. I saw a different Gus, and I'm scared of him. Who said old men can't fight? Or kill, for that matter. Oh, he didn't even kill. He killed, like, twice. He, like, secured the death. It was, yeah, he did some awesome neck snappage action after suffocating the guy. But let's, that was a cool scene, too, just how that started. They, apparently, it had gone down in Chicago before, something just like it. Yeah. Where Gus is on edge, he's watching out for something, and he f- notices it. And he's, so he's good. We know he's apparently really good. He's got mm-hmm. it down by now. He, he knows what to look out for. And, I mean, Mike's plan, this as a finale, uh, Mike was trying to track down Ace to kill him because Ace knows now confirmation that Nathan is dead. And he could go to police and call out Mike. So Mike needs to now kill Ace and Gus, apparently. So he has these guys trying to assassinate Ace, and they follow him around this entire episode. And he also just hates Ace. Yeah. Totally hates him. But I like their little plan that they did where they had the fake argument, their little fake fight. In in the restaurant? Yeah, that in was the awesome. restaurant. Yeah, it was great. So then they could leave in separate directions and do a little misdirection there. Mm-hmm. And then, so, they thought that Ace was in the bathroom, but really they were just leading the, the assassin or, what, assassin? The they were hit leading man, the, the hitman hit to the bathroom so that Gus could go in and take him out. And it was just amazing. I love that fight scene. I was, like, hoping that Ace wasn't in there. There's some karate chop action to the gun. Took out the gun, and then he strangles him, and then he, yeah. And then he puts him on the toilet to make it look like he's pooping. Locks the door. Locks the door from the outside. Gus has tricks. But then what was with that extra long shot of Gus, like, washing his face and sort of studying himself, really looking at his reflection in the mirror and kind of reflecting on what he just did? I think it's, um, this is a Macbeth reference from Shakespeare. (laughs) Right here. Are you serious about yeah, this? Yeah, no, it's okay. not. It's not necessarily. I just mean the, what I'm oh, about to pull here. Washing but your washing blood. your hands and washing them blood, and that's very reminiscent of Macbeth, which is a classic. But it's like you're washing yourself off of the blood. So he does that, even though he's no blood on his hands. He washes his face and trying to cleanse that himself. Blood. You filthy criminals! So filthy. But they can never really get rid of that blood on their hands. No, but I think it's just that type of thing where he doesn't like killing, so he has to Mm -hmm. feel like he's washing it off of himself. And then we also see um, that one of Gus's guys goes ahead and picks up the photographer as well. Yeah. We didn't really see what happened with that. I thought we were going to get some more there. So we got two guys on, like, Mike's posse of probably 20 men, and Ace and Gus are just two people. Taking out everybody. They just take people out left and right. That's a tag team... Of awesome. How amazing would have this show been if this was episode one and not the last episode of Luck ever? Yeah, they needed things like this Start in the beginning like of this, this. season. Because this was fun. This was things happening constantly. Lots of tension through the whole episode. It was, it was a good right. finale. I mean, but that's show. That's television. You need to start like uh, where you think you need to start. Go halfway past that and start right there. Or go I to think the there end. was a lull halfway through, so maybe skip that know. lull. Skip the halfway. Go to the <laughs> end. Go to the end where people die. 
to where the there's good, the bad, Indian the ugly music, end scene, which is great. Start at the end. Start at where you think it ends, and then just keep pushing it. You know, push your co- your characters, flush them out, and and make things worse. So, Kristen, what did you think of the part where? Right after the death, Chester comes back, throws down a hundred for the meal, and just leaves right in front of the guy. Well, Ace clearly wanted that sandwich. He was hungry, and he was like, <laughs> "I came here to eat. Need to get that done." That's so he all goes in, wraps up his sandwich, pays a hundred bucks for it. I hope that sandwich tasted really he's, good. So you're saying he's so badass? He's like, "I'll take my sandwich too." Mm-hmm. I he even it. wraps it up like a mother. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked up during that scene. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. He was, it was like he was saving it for later. He had to go back in the restaurant, though, and make an appearance. He also needed his glasses back, but that was a great, very memorable scene. A whole, yeah, a okay. lot of awesome going on Something there. Something we need to get to is his grandson randomly showing up and Brennan and saying that Gus sent him a plane ticket and told him to come in town. Yeah. And we find out... Mike's got some trickery going on. Yeah, but why did Mike want him in town? Just so he could take a shot at him, well, too? Yeah, I think it was just more threatening, because as we right. see later on, mm-hmm. he shows up at the track somehow. Oh, man. And they're just trying to get him the hell out of the open. I have that awesome quote that we had to stop and rewind about a million times. Yeah, Mike about is hard to understand sometimes. Because of that accent. But he said, as soon as... Ace sees Mike. Mike says, great gift, the capacity to adapt. And then he asks Ace, he's like, do you find it it at all diminishes as time begins to reel us in? So he's really saying, as you get older, is it harder to adapt to these changes? And he's kind of really threatening him where he says, you know, there's more opportunities to come, Ace. You've had yeah. a busy day, but this is not your last busy day. Right, because he's definitely referencing the whole thing that they got away, and Ace is mm-hmm. like, that was nothing, just a typical day. And he's, threat- so like you said, just straight up threatening, like, well, you're getting old, mm-hmm. and you can only adapt so many times. And Mike basically says, just so you know, every day here forward is going to be a challenge. And that would have been an amazing season two. Yeah. Okay, I know that we had to cancel the show for the horses. I'm fine with not having horses anymore. Like, let's just focus on... The mob. The mob part of it, because we finally have gotten to that part of the story. We do have a lot of the great mob stuff, other mob stuff going on, like with Gus, just at the beginning where he's watching for things. When they Mm -hmm. walk outside and he tells Chester to go back inside for seven minutes, walk past the metal detectors. We see Gus, he's got his game, as I said before. He really knows what he's doing. And that's the kind of stuff I feel like we really would have seen in season two. And I'm just, I'm so upset that it's canceled. I'm not okay with that. No, but it felt like all of season one was preparing you for season two. It was, which is much needed, but we could have had a little more of this episode. Yeah, I wish we had. But they did have some awesome factors in this end episode outside that that were what we all led up to for this finale, which was the big horse races. The Derby Day. The Derby Day is going on. And And we we actually learned that in order to be in Derby Day, you could only be three years old, which is why the gamblers were in a different race before Derby Day because their horse was five years old. Right. So before we were confused, we thought they were both in the same race, Mm -hmm. but now we know they, they were still big races and big events, but... It's all by age range. Right. Which makes more sense now. And I'm glad that they didn't have to go against the gamblers because I wanted the gamblers to win. And they did. (laughs) We kind of both ended up correcting our predictions. We did. Because Kristen predicted the gamblers were going to win. And I 
predicted that the ace would win. That ace would win. So we were both we were right. Both right. We are so smart, Kristen. We are. It's pretty incredible. We should probably get an applause for that. <laughs> probably. In fact, we should probably have like a talk show about luck or something like that. <sighs> Who knows? The opportunities to come from this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the gamblers, uh, Marcus putting on his pants with the door open. What do you think about that? You're disabled. You got to do what you got to do. They went on a donut run. What's your favorite donut? Oh, Long John chocolate Long Johns. Do you know what Long Johns are? I love a my Long Johns. A chocolate Long John. I they, can only imagine what that is. You know is what? My exactly. local bakery <laughs> in Chicago had these. They were longer donuts. They were bigger. That's why I like them more. You just got just, more donuts. Please go on about the size of these chocolate Long Johns. I just like some big chocolate <laughs> Long Johns. Kristen, what's your favorite donut? <laughs> My favorite Jonah is cream filled. I bet just like Renzo, cream filled. I'll take that. I oh. love Renzo. He's just amazing, and he's picking up his mom from the train station. He is the best son in the world. He's got a cigarette already lit for his mother, burning and waiting for her lips, and he's got this hot coffee. And all that she can do is make fun of his car. And he's like, "Hey, mom, feel free to get back on the bus." <laughs> Yeah, and well, she also complains about the bus, and the first she—that's the first thing she mm-hmm. does. She goes, "Oh, there's the, no, air, no conditioning. air conditioning. I'm never going to do this mm-hmm. again." But then all the best part was Renzo being like, "Mommy, look at my badge," which he didn't say it like that. He was like, "Look at my badge," and she's like, "Oh yeah, it looks like you're an ex-convict." Yeah, so she was so disappointing. She's like she's clearly kind of a bitch. Yeah, she's really never been Although the mother she- that. That he deserves, I feel. But he clearly but has such this a good love. guy. Yeah, he's a good guy no matter what. He doesn't need a godmother. But she ends up throughout the episode, like, that at that beginning point, she's really mm-hmm. bitchy. And she, but later on, she has bitchy moments, but she kind of is a little bit nicer. That was, like, nice. the worst of it was that introduction yeah, and to her. Yeah, she, she talks to Marcus and about his family, and she tries to push him and Cody, the girl in the wheelchair, together. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, I'm really happy that you guys all found each other. Yeah, she does say that. And that mm-hmm. was the quote that I had not, not written down to. Because she's happy that right. she's noticing everyone's happy and doing better. And you know what's or funny? At least her son. Is like, these group of gamblers, like, yeah, they all have their problems. They're in wheelchairs. Some of them are, like, kind of slow. And then we've got Jerry, who's, like, an alcoholic and kind of rain man, crazy smart. And how is it that I feel like those kind of groups of people ha- have an easier time, like, making friends and having good relationships with their friends than normal people? Do you have a hard time making friends, Kristen? <laughs> That's what I was getting at. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't, because one of my friends is here with us today. Oh, Danielle is in the studio. Danielle Hopefully we can get a camera on that. She was my college roommate, and... One of the only I had ten college roommates, and she's the only one that I still talk to. Hi, old college I think you're roommates. Also, <laughs> they probably watched me. I think you're still going on about how it's hard to make friends right now. This is my only one friend, and she lives in New York. <laughs> one for ten. Here. I'm one for ten. So the gamblers are preparing for their big day, and they mm-hmm. finally come to the racetrack for the big day, the moment that Manchateau is racing. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like the the race was extra long. Both races were yeah. so long this time. A lot more tension through through this first race we had music playing throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The second race we have a lot more tension as soon as the race starts the music just cuts. Right. As we have two horses we care about. So you got to do that. A cool little shot that I noticed that I want to throw out there for the first race for the Gambler's race uh-huh. was 
as the race starts and they're trying to see the position of where the horses are and what's going on, it's all long shots. And then we see um, Turo pull up his binoculars to take a closer look. And as he pulls up the binoculars to take a closer look, that's when we finally get close-up shots of it to see what the position is. Right. I thought that was a great transition. I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you. (laughs) And how about Goose? I mean, this just goes to show how intense this shot was and and this race. I mean, so much emotion in the music. I felt like the music was what was really building me up. That was a great song. Making me feel, what was it, Otis? No, Otis Taylor was the second one. Otis Taylor. Oh, okay. That was the second one. Yeah. I'm not sure what that song was. I probably Shazammed it. Should have Shazammed it. I'm sure you know, I did. We can bing it later. We can bing it later. Should... What a good idea. There we go. <laughs> yeah. um, so the music was so intense, and uh, that was building me up. But then we see Goose, the old gambler's friend who kind of went in on this horse and was the one who may help them make the decision to actually buy a horse. We see him eating a newspaper. And did you see how much of that newspaper was gone? The chunk gone, <laughs> bitten off. Uh, just a little intense. And we also have a new person here, which is Marcus's friend, the doctor. I believe that Marcus said that he was a doctor. And I'm not really sure why they brought him in. That was never explained. It was just sort of there, like, okay, cool, I, I guess he's a I friend. Feel, I feel like the director was like, I have a friend, and I really want to put him in the finale of Luck, and we need to give him a part. And here he is. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> because Perfect. that guy did not mean anything. But you know well, what? We, he probably to next season. We would have yeah, gotten probably to next see. season. That would have made more sense. It would have been like an introduction to a character. Right. And you know what else we get, though, from that interaction? We get a lot of the gambler's generosity. Which yes. is that we... Good point. They, do, they ask him if he puts bets on the race. And he said, mm-hmm. no, I didn't. I didn't want to put the money in. And they're like, well, we bet for you. And then after the gamblers win, Jerry presents a ticket to Leon, who is their right. first jockey, for a $500 bet on their horse... That's a lot of money. Yeah, which is a lot of money, and it was a bet. I believe that was the ticket stub for a five hundred dollar bet. Yeah. Meaning, however much they won, he got. And off Ren- of that. and Renzo sent all that money to his mom. I want to know why it is that the people who have the most scars turn out to be the most generous people there are. Really, because I guess they just it's understand they, suffering. Yeah, they understand, they understand the hardships. Thus, hardships. Yeah, and I really feel like suffering just makes people better in general. I guess. Are you saying I just need to suffer more to become a better person? What can we do right now to make Dave suffer and make luck turn him into a better person? <laughs> I just need some more suffering because I feel like a terrible person because I've had a I've had a pretty good life. So I don't want you to I suffer, must be Dave. A jerk. It'll come with age. <laughs> Ooh. Lots to Whoa. look forward to. I have Did no you rock on him? <laughs> Is that a um, is that a mic threat right there? It'll come with age. <laughs> I'm not threatening it, but I just feel like you know, as you get older, you go through hardships that sort of make you into a wiser, better person. So we get um we get a Leon having a conversation here during the beginning of the race, right. indicating that apparently he's going. He's talking with Joey, and right. he's here to support Rosie's race. He wants to support her. He's all cool with it. And he actually he actually does seem genuinely supportive he of does. her. And he's planning to go to Portland to lose weight and I believe also race there, but he's gonna be leaving apparently. Until so. he gets his weight on track. Which is funny because he's only five pounds off of weight. So, you need to leave and go somewhere to lose weight. To lose five pounds, just stop drinking beer. Yeah, think about all the temptation. You have your local pub that your your favorite pub to go to. <laughs> 
He's Temptation. Got, he's got Rosie for exercise. He's got Rosie. Yeah, Rosie's given him plenty of exercise. <laughs> so stop drinking the beer, go hang out with your girlfriend more, and you'll probably thin up. <laughs> I mean, she's making waves, so just do what she's doing. Exactly. I really think she's a, would be a good influence on him. How do you think she's going to take him leaving? I don't think she'll take it well. I mean, either. But then again, she left at some point too mm-hmm. to go somewhere else, so she could. And they were still together, so maybe they're just used to it because she's done it before. So the long distance thing. I know so that you're upset. Fun. I-, I am upset. <laughs> <laughs> that really sounded like Phil, but it also sounded like a sound effect. <laughs> and now you're out of control. I guess it's a sound effect. I thought that was Phil too. I was like, I am um, upset. I guess. You know, the best thing about our show, I think, has been the dancing, because it really breaks things up for people, so I'm really hoping... I mean, we were talking about great music in the show, because this episode had such good songs. I... (laughs) I... Oh. What is this? I don't know. I don't know really how you dance to this. Danielle, do you have any suggestions? (laughs) Danielle really broke it down at the club on Friday night. She's probably just tired. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Okay, I think now would be a good time to use my Renzo ring that I bought today. Oh, showing it off. I don't know if we can see that from the camera, but she's got a <laughs> I, mustache I really on that. I think that they probably can. This is my. I really love Renzo and his mustache. So I got this because it's the finale of Luck, and I really wanted something so, to remind me of the show. And all, so now I have a mustache too. All of you mustachioed men out there, watch out because Kristen's coming. Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Call in right now. (laughs) Only if you have a mustache. So, next big giant moment in this episode. Mm -hmm. We covered the first race. Let's move on to Derby Time Part 2. Derby Time, which is juxtapositioned with Joanne in the hospital having complications. Nice word. Yes, it is. So, we've got a lot. As the Derby starts, well... We see that Joanne is having some sort of complication mm-hmm. with her child. We don't know what it is yet, but it seems bad because she is in pain. Yeah, I mean, we kind of called this last week of what we thought would happen, and as a result, it does. We thought that she would lose the baby, and in the end, we find out that she does. But an interesting point to bring up was when Toro was in the barn with Ace, and he was like, you know, I didn't think that I wanted a family, but after... Now I suddenly think that I do. And then he, like, trips over a bucket, which, you know, he knows that barn back to front. He knew that bucket was there. I just feel like thinking about a family really, like, kind of draws him out of his job and his career. Yeah, well, it seems also he's just kind of he's not as intense this episode as he was in previous episodes, even Mm -hmm. though it's Derby Day. A woman has softened his character. A woman in this show. Oh, the women. As they finally got introduced in the final episode, because the first episode, as we noted, the first episode, there were, like, no woman whatsoever except for Rosie. That was the only one. Right. So, so they're what, coming in. I, I think that their relationship would continue in season two, and, I mean, we kind of, they talk about Eduardo, and we get to see him yeah. for a second. So they talk about Eduardo, and he does seem to care about Eduardo, and when he finds out that there is a miscarriage... He's very comforting to Joanne. He's he even not, gets in bed with her. Yeah, he hugs her. He mm-hmm. tells her it's going to be okay. And it's not his typical smart-assy self where he usually just gives some smart-ass response, even when she's depressed about something. He's mm-hmm. actually genuinely cares for her and genuinely nice to her. I really, really like Toro 
in this show, Escalante. I just feel like he was such a strong character, and he really united everyone else. He and he was, definitely goes through a big transformation, too, huge throughout the transformation. show. Huge transformation. Um, so we also have, before we go back to the Derby, but before I forget, we see Jerry with his lady, Naomi, who's gotten another dye job, and he's making it rain on her. <laughs> he is literally making it rain <laughs> on her. And she's like, that's so hot. Dave, has anyone ever made it rain on you? I know you're a break dancer, so does that happen in break dancing? Like, what if they want to tip you? Do they make it rain on you? Oh, I get rained on all the time. <laughs> I got a booty. <laughs> I'm not sure what that sound effect was. sweat. Oh. Ladies sweat it. Um, Daniel, you got any dollar bills? <laughs> but but I believe he was throwing one hundreds at her. They were at least one hundred dollar bills. Is there more than hundred dollar bills? I'm not sure. <laughs> it looked like there were. Okay. <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> there are, okay. <laughs> but, but she's you know, I liked her first. Like when we first met her, I thought she was kinda cute. Okay, she's I a thought cool she had a genuine interest in him at yeah. first. And now what do you just, think now? She seems like a kind of slutty to me now and kind of like just a a what's the word? A gold digger. She seems like a gold digger now. Maybe. I, I feel like you know what? I, mean, I don't know why you'd be a gold digger with a gambler. I guess that wouldn't make very much sense. But I feel like they might be a good for each other, though. A good couple. Because she kind of knows his business, and that's probably attracts him. You know to what, her though? I did get to see her boobs, so I'll give her a pass. Out of 10, what do you give her? Out of 10? Um, I don't know. I will give her an 8. That's, I was going to do an 8, too. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was. You were going to do, like, 11. I give her a 12 okay. out of 10. Okay, while we're on the subject of boobs and nakedness, how about the horse porn in this episode? We see Ace, like, over by the bandages before Derby Day, and they're kind of swaying back and forth as if it was, like, a laundry line with bras, but horse bandages That instead. definitely is what I thought was a laundry line when I saw that. And then Mike, whenever he first saw Ace's horse, he kind of made that that ass curve like, with his yes. hand and he was Let's like look at that, that horse. horse's booty um <laughs> we also get the final shot of the show is some horse porn a moonlight slow motion shot on a horse's mane the views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of afterbuzz tv or its owners or principals these views reflect the Views of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV. The producer actually wrote these notes. This is not my writing. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners. I don't write like this. I'm a girl. (laughs) These are definitely not my notes. None of these are my notes. None of this. I'm going to make it rain with notes. I don't even need those. So I hope you really don't need those. I really don't need those because now we're on at the Derby time. Let's jump back on it. On the Derby. So... We get some Otis Taylor playing, which... Nasty Letters? Nasty Letters. For anyone who's seen the movie Public Enemies, Otis Taylor had a bunch of songs in it. This was one awesome song. Download it right now. It's very emotional, that song. Yeah, you got, it's a nice folky guitar song. Very that's passionate. Really builds you up. It has kind of an Irish twing to it, I feel like, which mm-hmm. makes sense with the whole horse, horse racing. Absolutely. So... We have a just building and building as we get the tension between Mike and Chester during this scene. We have the different jockeys talking to each other. We have Rosie with Toro talking. and We see Mike up in the booth. And what I was wondering, if Mike and his team placed any bets for the derby race. Oh, I don't know. They've got to have some power, too. They're up in the booth all of a sudden, too. <laughs> they are like the gods. I mean, when people, yeah. when there are shots, you know, from down below and you... 
you have it up at someone, it's kind of like you're putting them in the gods' view. You so know what, Kristen? I like that analogy. I want a round of applause for you right now because that is a great school. analogy. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> So that's true. And then we also get a lot of strategy talk. And we got this in the first race, too. Yeah. But we see um, Ronnie and Walter talking strategy. And they're and talking Ron- about, I want you to, um, I believe... Well, Ronnie's like, I, I, I pissed twice already because he wants to be as light as he can on the horse. That's yeah. important. And also, Walter... Ro- <laughs> he says to do other... He does says to do crosses before using the stick. Yeah. Which I believe is when they're spinning it. I think that's mm-hmm. probably to intimidate the horse. Right, and Walter's like, you know what? It's a young horse. This It knows what to do. You don't really have to hit it too much. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, younger horses, I can see them having a lot more energy. But yeah, so definitely talking strategy. Like, stay out of the inside. Yeah, I never realized that before. Because, like, when you're running track, it always makes sense to be the inside person because it's kind of the shorter track. Even though you, you they line you up differently, they don't line them up differently, the you know horses. What, though? Actually, when I, I did indoor and outdoor track, uh-huh. and for indoor track, it was the worst to get the inside because it's so hard to make those turns. And yeah. even though you start further ahead, I'm those just turns saying, are difficult. Di- I'm just saying distance-wise, you would think in your head that you'd want to be inside. But I learned through luck that it's better to cut to the outside yeah. because then your horse is kind of free range and nobody can trap your horse and go in front of you. Because then if you get trapped behind the horses, What I really think of is NASCAR, where you think of in NASCAR, people try to get in the inside. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, it doesn't seem like that. But then again, I don't watch my, much NASCAR. So Apparently if I'm wrong, you do. I am wrong. You're like wrong. the biggest NASCAR racer. Oh my God, I'm a NASCAR nerd. <laughs> Although I don't know if you would associate those two words together. No, you wouldn't. So like, yeah, but it's, it's, it is kind of weird that they would, and I've never thought about that before, but they do start the horses off all in the same line. They don't stagger them at all like no. you would in track. You actually have staggering, but here you don't. Yeah, because it's kind of straight on for a long time. So by that point, yeah, I guess you they should figure. get your marker. And the grandson is at the track. Yeah, grandson is at the track. He shows up at the end. And he had he had to see. It. I don't blame him. But yeah, it's I mean, I want to go too. It's your grandfather's, and he doesn't know what's going on. Right. So then, I guess we can just say, uh, I really thought it was getting up morning that won. And I want to know why there wasn't like more of a review because I wanted I wanted to kind of see. What happens when you really can't tell who won? Like, yeah. I kind of wanted to go up to the referee's box. I wanted to see them reviewing it. I thought that would have added some tension and been better. You're right. That would it have been a good idea. the stakes. HBO, raise the stakes. You need me as a staff I writer. guess I was just so <laughs> excited because I thought from watching it during that photo finish moment, it looked like number two, um, Pinted Plane Pinted won to Plane, me. Pinted Plane, Horse. And yeah. then... When if I found out that they had one, I was like, my prediction was right. I mean, but and I was e- so excited. But even Toro said, I think they got a jump on us to ace. He thought that oh, yeah. Walter's horse had one too, which is what I thought. So I just really wanted a review. No, and you're <laughs> right. That would have definitely upped the tension because yeah. it was really tense. We were we were looking at each other too, like, what's gonna happen? What is what's gonna happen? We yeah. need to know. So then afterwards too, before we get back on Mike and all that. I want to. There's kind of a touching moment with Turo and Walter where they're yeah. talking to each other after the race is over and all, all is said and done. And they're actually really friendly with each other and really nice. And Turo's like, Look, I thought, I actually thought you won. You did a great job. And Walter's basically like, Hey, you know what happens? You did a good job. They're and like, Next time, more of the same. 
Yeah, they say next time more of the same, and Walter says this has been fun. And they kind of talk about how everyone's after their horse now, you know, like cockroaches. Oh, yeah, trying the cockroaches. To, trying to buy a good thing that's already made. Yeah, so... Everybody goes after... And you know what I think it is, too? I think they really connect not on... On the trainer level, because they understand, yeah. even though Walter's the owner, I think it's that trainer level well, that they connect on. what's funny is I never really saw them talk before, and this show was so great. This race meant everything to this entire season because we watched the horses train, we watched the jockeys train, and then we also get to watch the agents train and the uh, the trainers themselves. We got to see Toro grow with the horses and train the horse. We got to see the way Walter trains the horse. We we got to see from the bottom up how you would yeah. go and buy a racehorse. And I am ready to go to the races. How about Let's you, Let's go to Santa Clarita this weekend. I understand racing. I want in. I'm a gambler. And I really oh, hope... Oh, maybe this shows a bad influence. <laughs> I'm a very smart and wise gambler. I'm Are very realistic. Are you Rain Man Jerry? I am Rain Man Jerry. <laughs> a little slow, too. Yeah. I've and- noticed. I'm kidding. I'm just going to skip I'm over kidding. that. Also, how about whenever Ace tells his grandson Brennan to like go where there's people? When they are getting pictures of the horse, he takes his grandson in and he doesn't want there to be a chance that anyone could take a shot at his grandson. So he's like, go yeah. where there's people. He really pushes like, go towards like Gus, get him there. And he, mm-hmm. and then again, Mike comments like, oh, look at them trying to scurry away. He basically comments on like, like you said, that whole God thing. Like they're just insignificant creatures running along and he's in control of everything primitive the primitive to be scurrying away okay now i want to get to the grill scene with the gamblers it's like the finale for the gamblers they're all at that place where they love they've got the grill that they They bought earlier in the 500 dollar grill and they're actually using it it wasn't 500 dollars. it was like two thousand (laughs) dollars an old grill they bought for two thousand dollars and you have um, Renzo's mom saying, talking about how, why do you guys stay here? And they're like, we like living close we to like each other. We like living next to each other. How sweet is that and amazing? I mean, I would love to live near all my friends. Yeah, that that would be incredible. But if, but they're like, I guess we could rent Let's a start house. an apartment complex with all of our friends in every apartment. That would be amazing. I know. There's actually a place opened up at my apartment complex, and I am trying to get friends in there because that's really when you see people. It's so hard, it especially in so L.A., hard. to get out. Especially so in I L.A. Feel I really love that they want to stay near each other. It's like they've made – I feel like they all came from maybe families that kind of rejected them for who they were out of the womb. Yeah. But they found each other, and they created a family that's even better than any family they could have had. It really is a family. Mm-hmm. And did you notice that Rosie was also there during that? scene hanging out i don't think that was rosie then who was it maybe it was i think it was rosie i think maybe. she was just there i think they invited her because, because she was a they, jockey they did say to rosie when they cheers yeah they said to rosie to mon Gato, and to the chance that we won't all go broke because i kind of liked that they yeah. were like what do you think's gonna happen to us and Marcus will said, well, I think in the end we'll probably all go broke. Right. But here's to the chance that we won't. But there's also, <laughs> Marcus had something he said at the beginning. When they were very beginning of the episode, he's just a Debbie Downer. Because he's like, they're talking about what's going to happen with the race. Uh-huh. And he basically says, I think this is going to tear us apart. And they're going to take it from us. Or like some, like their horse is going to lose and everything's going to get taken away from them. And it doesn't. And they win and it's happy daytime. But again, yeah. he has a very negative prediction. And... 
they're okay. What's in this laundry bag? There's got to be something else. It's just lots of money. There's got to be something else. And all those pictures that Cody sent him of what she was wearing. I'm glad that Cody was there. Yeah, Cody was there, too. And Renzo's mom was like, you know what? You should give her a chance. Yeah, and so it does seem like he's thinking about it. He's Mm -hmm. definitely warmed up to her more. So it just may have happened in the So goodbye season. to the gamblers. Goodbye to the gamblers. I really think HBO could do a season two without the horses, you know? If we just, we could talk about the horse track, maybe have shots of it, but, like, the story away from the racetrack is really was fascinating to me. Yes, the races kind of put you on the edge of your seat like it was game time, but I think that the show could go so much further with just all the character development that has happened that we could that led us up to season two. I feel like... Season two wouldn't even have to be at the racetrack. Now that we know what happens at the racetrack, we can be off of it. Right, more. you definitely don't seem to be. But at the same time, you know what, guys? Sounds like a perfect thing to go to commercial and then come back in on. All, All right. right, we'll see Why you guys we... in a second. After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And, like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after shows from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? So at the beginning of us doing this, I joked that I hated my co-workers here, and I don't. You guys are the best. I'm really sad that this is coming to an end. And I just want to throw that out there. I love my coworkers. So we just have two things to talk about before we get into predictions. The goat. Yeah. Seemed like a very significant. And the whole show is based around luck. And that's kind of the horses thing they said. They were worried that Ace's horse wasn't going to win Derby Day because the goat would always kind of go up to the horse and, I don't know, give him a pep talk. And short its big balls. <laughs> Yes, I hope people had watched the season to get that. But I really liked something that Walter said as we see the goat go past Ace's horse in the end. He said, a goat from the front, a horse from the rear, a man from all sides. I'm not sure exactly what that means, though. (laughs) I know what that means. Oh, horse porn. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wasn't going there. But, yeah, from all sides of it, I, I just... I thought it was great that Walter always slept in the barn, too. Yeah, he does. But and it kind of says, like, an animal from all sides were all men, and they all have different faces. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that for me. <laughs> so we also see the goat starts there, and it's, it's that big good luck charm. And On the horse You know can. what I was wondering is if that meant that soon getting up morning was going to get lucky at some point because it was the lucky charm, mm-hmm. and that was an indicator that next season it would have gotten lucky. Maybe. But... Then it ends up at the stall of Pint of Plain, and we see it on the horse cam for the final scene of the show. 
Yes. Which is Gus is watching, points it out to Chester that, hey, look, the goat's back. Mm-hmm. And and then um, we kind of get that scene with Ace and Brennan, and Ace is kind of explaining to Brennan. We get backstory of Brennan and his grandson finding out that, you know, Ace was pretty much his caretaker. Brennan's dad died when he was really young. His mother was out of the picture, and Ace kind of says, you know, I'm sorry that I wasn't always there for you. But from this point on... We don't need to worry about that because I'm going to be here for you. I promise. He's like, we, the hands were dealt. We, we get to see how we play them. And then he asks, you feeling lucky, kid? And he responds, I'm feeling lucky. So it sounds like he wants to try and bond and connect. Yeah. And that's what they're And he's like, implying. whatever complications we have to face from here forward, we're going to do it together. So there would have been a father-son bond. Right. There's definitely indicating season. that there's going to be some bonding. And instead of two, there would have been three badasses on the Aces team. Well, there was Nathan Israel, but we kind of <laughs> lost him. So Hopefully the grandson wouldn't have Whoops. had the same fate. Hopefully. And, and as I was just, you know, that horse cam shot when uh, Ace was looking at the horse, he had tears in his eyes. Very watery eyes. Looking yeah. at that horse. It's, in the end, we find that that's really what he... He just cares so much about that horse. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's a great time to bring up whenever, you know, they were Gus and Ace was kind of looking at the racetrack and they were like, you know what? Once we buy this racetrack, we need to have a drawing for our horse and give it away. Oh, that's true. And then Chester, all he wants is someone who's going to buy it and come see the horse come every month. Come see the horse. They even said, we'll give it a free upkeep. We'll keep the horse here. We'll take care of it. They can win the money, whatever. They just have to come and visit their horse. Yeah. What do you think really changed him about the horses? I, mean, I, just, I think it was just something that grew as the season went. Because even before he met Claire, you mm-hmm. could see he had intimate moments, very intimate moments with the horse. And then when Claire came, I think that even more opened it up for him about the horses, where he could really kind of... Because she was all about horses, and it even more so made him believe it. But there's something I, I guess you can learn from horses, just like, you know how much hard work they they go through and they're such like peaceful creatures they really are they are and i think it's just you know something that type of animal is one that you can really bond with because it's like a partner because you ride on the horse and then you feed it and take care of it so it's like you have a sort of partnership Mm -hmm. and it's just such a simple one that it's simple and easy and i think that's what kind of makes it you know nice and opens someone up i just feel like ace really connected yeah. To the horse and, and that world and the the brighter side of it instead of just all the guns and blood. Yeah. So before we get to our predictions for what we think would have happened if there had been a second season, do you want to just cover some what you thought of the whole season overall since this was the finale? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, this show had great potential. I, I would have definitely, whether we were on the show or not as hosts, I would have definitely watched next season. As I said, I think we should have started at the end and moved forward because season two just would have been insane. Like the whole setup for season two is now ridiculous. So if by some chance we could have smushed this season into like the first four episodes and then started here. Yeah. At like episode five, it would have gone off the charts. I do not think it would have been canceled. Yeah, that definitely would have been a better taking off point. And I just I just think that the first half of the season was just too slow. It was mm-hmm. too slow moving. And I like the show, but 
for me personally, had I been just like watching it casually, I would have gotten tired of the first episode. And then the second episode, it really picked up all of a sudden, but it's just, you really need that strong pilot. And I wish it had it because the show really did get a lot better. And now once you're invested in the characters, you really get invested in them. You're invested in the horses too. Mm-hmm. Not just the characters, but the horses too. Like I know the horses' names. <laughs> They're all our friends. They're all our friends. <laughs> and I was really looking forward to a second season. So I, it's too bad because the show really did it's pick heartbreaking. up. Heartbreaking. So with that said, you guys are time. perfect. Wow. You just know what You're we're right on cue. Right on cue. Predictions. So what's the fate of everyone? What would have happened in season two? Well. I'm going to say that Renzo... With- I'm going to interject and say this. Uh, you know, that there's an off chance. I mean, shows have come back on. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the ways that, you know, it's it's you can ha- make, make that happen is go on iTunes and rate and comment these guys on their after show. If, uh, you know, if HBO sees that, you know what, uh, there's a lot of fandom surrounding the show. People do want to talk about it and watch it. Then, you know... There is that chance it could come back, you know. Uh, Are you less horses? A show like Community, for example. <laughs> I'm referencing Community. Uh, BT is the game, you know. So, so it can happen. Yeah, I mean, I saw a petition on Twitter going around to petition that luck should not be canceled. So I know a lot of people are upset about it. Let's hop on. But what I'm saying is, why don't you show your support by showing us support on uh, our iTunes page and rating and commenting us. Because if people see that, like, wow, these guys, you know, like, the after show itself is getting huge numbers, Mm -hmm. you know, we got to bring this damn show back. (laughs) Please do. So, with that. Hopefully we made things a little easier for you guys to comprehend if you missed anything or if the accents were a little too rough to get. There were some rough accents where we had to do some rewatching. More than the beginning. But after you really get started in the show, you're really in it and you know what's going on. So, what do you think for next season? What do they have planned? I really think it would have just been, you know, three against the mafia. I think we would have been off the track. Now they could really talk to us about what was happening on the track, but we wouldn't have to be there. Yeah. I think it would have been much more away from the track. I think the gamblers clearly would get a mansion. They'd all still live nearby. Like they said, they'd have a couple of hot tubs. I think Jerry and Naomi would still be together. Maybe they'd invite uh, Renzo's mom to be the mom of the house. Maybe they get a personal hairdresser to always dye her hair a new color (laughs) every day. Hopefully, because they sure have the money. I don't know. I mean, I, can, I see nothing but good things for them. I don't see that they would go poor, but maybe they would if they bought all that stuff. Well, I feel like the Gamblers, I think the next season was going to have them becoming owners. You know? Yeah. I think they were going to become owners. I think the Jockeys, I think Ronnie was going to spiral downhill again after losing. He was heartbroken about the loss. Yeah. And I think he was going to spiral downhill. I think Ace would get his raid, his racetrack. I think eventually they would kill Mike. Yeah, and- Mike eventually is going down. Yes, and Ray, and Ace would triumph with his grandson and guests, and he would ride off to into the horizon with his horse, on top of his horse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ending. All right, so thank you guys for joining us for the season finale, finale. of Luck. Hopefully, maybe it'll, get, it'll come back, but if not, thanks for everything. Thanks for joining us. I am Dave Klein. You can follow me at TheDaveKlein on Twitter or my website, www.djk-online.com. 
And I'm Kristen Snyder, and you can find me at cinematicescape.com or cinematicescape on Twitter. You make it easy. <laughs> and uh, also, you know, this is an HBO show. Uh, we hope that it comes back. But if not, uh, we cover many other HBO shows. Uh, in fact, after you guys, Eastbound Down is coming up. And then, uh, you know, in the fall, we do Boardwalk Empire. Oh, Game of Thrones, Chris and I are both going right. to be doing I was next, say next that. Sunday. Next Check Sunday, us out. join Kristen and I again on Game of Thrones. We're going to be dressing up like characters. Yes, so much we to are. look forward to. That's right. And uh, also, help support uh, AfterBuzz TV by voting for Maria Menunos on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Voting begins tomorrow, what? so do not miss it. Manuk. If you go on the website, we teach you how to vote. We make it so They're simple. They're number one. Number one. Number one. They're always going to be number one. Thanks, guys. We had a great time with you this we season. We had a wonderful time. We hope you did, too. We know you did, too. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. F- From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.